Welcome to the Neighborhood Church Podcast. We are so thankful that you are listening in. The Neighborhood Church is all about helping people find and follow Jesus. We hope that through these podcasts you are encouraged, that you're inspired, and that you're provided with practical wisdom on how to find and follow Jesus. We hope that you enjoy today's podcast. beginning a series called Take Up the Challenge. And I'm hoping when all of this is done, actually I hope every week you feel some spiritual muscles stretched. I hope I create a little bit of pain in the house uh, over the next five weekends. I I hope you sense God calling you to uh, use some spiritual muscles that maybe you haven't been using. Uh, We are in for a journey that I believe can be a life changer uh, for all of us. When I'm done tonight, we're gonna take time for three or four testimonies because I think it's appropriate uh, for you to just share some real sincere expressions of thanksgiving tonight. Uh, God's been good, and uh, let's just take time to hear from uh, some of you, and then we'll, we'll go back uh, into worship. So tonight, another sermon! <laughs> some of you remember, uh, some of you remember last week's message. So uh, we are committed in this house to delighting in God's Word. We find delight in the Word of God. And so uh, tonight we begin a series based out of the book of Philippians. And we're going to lift five truths out of the fourth chapter near the frontishness of that fourth chapter that I think will help all of you discover a new level of joy and a new level of peace in your Christian walk. It might hurt a bit to get there, but if we'll listen, uh, this can be life-changing for us. So Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Again I will say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I will say rejoice. Rejoice. On the surface, this seems like one of the simplest, easiest scriptures in the whole Bible to understand. Read it, it makes sense. But then if you dig a little bit deeper... All kinds of questions probably should be coming to your mind. Is it possible to rejoice in the Lord always? (laughs) What does it even mean to rejoice in the Lord? Am I supposed to rejoice in the Lord and pretend I don't have any pain? Am I uh, supposed to walk around with a perpetual smile on my face? Is this 
verse mean I'm never supposed to get depressed? Rejoice. Rejoice. This verse calls us to make the choice to rejoice. This verse calls us to consistently make the choice to rejoice. And that's not always easy because sometimes we don't feel like rejoicing. Right? But we have to make the choice. Book of Philippians is quite a fascinating little book. 16 times in 104 verses, Paul challenges us to rejoice. Paul challenges us to walk in the joy of the Lord. 16 times out of 104 verses. That means about 16% of the time, verses talk about rejoicing. And the reason it talks about rejoicing is because that's the central theme of this book. And in case you think, ah, oh, it's impossible to rejoice that much, I want to remind you, and for some of you this may be first-time information, that Paul wrote this book from a dingy prison cell. Paul is writing from a dingy prison cell, and he's saying to us, rejoice in the Lord. So let me illustrate it, and I've used a similar illustration in the last two months. Forgive me if any of you happen to remember it. But you're having one of those monumental disagreements with your roommate or your spouse. And I mean, this thing has really gotten out of hand. You are discussing full bore the right part of the toothpaste tube to push the toothpaste out of. And it is getting louder and louder. And then the phone rings. And your roommate answers it and says, uh, yeah, yeah, he's home. And she calls you and says, uh, Willie, uh, it's Pastor John. And how do you suddenly talk? Hello, Pastor John. How are you? Good to hear your voice. Appreciate you so... What have you done? You've made an instantaneous choice to brighten up. And you did it just like that. Just like that. The instruction of this verse is brighten up. Rejoice. Rejoice where? Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in this knowledge of him. 
Rejoice in the reality that you are in him. That's where the believer's joy comes from. We do not primarily regard ourselves to be people who are in the world and of the world. We are people who are in the Lord. We are people of Christ. And we rejoice in life in the Lord. Our mood is not determined by our circumstances. Our mood is not determined by the fact we suddenly have a million bucks in the bank. Our mood is not affected by COVID, as easy as it is to let it do that. We find great rejoicing, we find great joy in the Lord. This firm, unshakable conviction that we are in Christ and he has our circumstances under control and he will always, without fail, act in our best interests. That's our Lord. We rejoice in the Lord. Love the book of Acts. Love some of the stories in the book of Acts. And in Acts chapter 5, the... uh, The apostles are accused of being terrible people who are just stirring up the city uh, and creating all kinds of trouble. So they're on trial. Gamaliel speaks up for them. And when uh, they finally make the decision, uh, judge comes out and he makes sure they are all flogged All of them get beat up. And all of them um, are told they can never talk in the name of Jesus again. And how do they respond? They went on their way from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they'd been considered worthy to suffer shame. (laughs) So they're in court. They get flogged. They get whipped. And how do they leave? Oh, it's so hard to be a Christian. I'm quitting this stuff. What do they leave with? (laughs) They're rejoicing. Rejoice in the Lord. They were so deeply rooted and grounded in Him. Their joy did not come from circumstances and situations and everything that was happening around them. Their joy was rooted and grounded in the reality that they were in the Lord. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 Shortest verse uh, in, uh, in the Greek in the New Testament. Rejoice always. How often do you rejoice? Always. And then you compare that, though, with verses like uh, Romans chapter 12 and verse 15 that says, and weep with those that weep. How do you weep with people and still rejoice? Some tensions here. (laughs) Some things you have to figure out. What I do know is that God wants to give every one of us a rootedness and a groundedness in him that cannot shake our joy. I've told part of this story here, but 
a year ago, September, last Friday night of September, uh, I was standing right about there in our reverent service and my phone starts to go crazy and I am pretty good at ignoring my phone, but this just was not stopping, shaking and vibrating. And so I went into the foyer and was one of my sisters saying that mom was not doing very well at all. After service, I FaceTimed mom, had a nice conversation with her. And by the time I got home that night, sat down in our living room, the phone was ringing. Mom was in heaven. So I went from going, attending a worship service to getting home and finding out mom was gone. Was I sorrowing? <laughs> yeah, but I, I felt guilty at the same time. Because in all of it, there was this unexplainable, unshakable joy and peace. We're not immune from the circumstances and situations around us. We feel the pain, we're aware of the happenings, we're aware of the pain others go through. But in the Lord, in the Lord, there's this capacity to tap into his joy. Rejoice in the Lord always. <laughs> Not a lot of wiggle worm there, is there? Rejoice in the Lord always. Now let me preface the statements I'm going to make now with a couple of comments. If you are, are depressed and going through deep, dark, discouraging times, visit your doctor. Some of this stuff can be physiological. My second comment would be, and find a mature Christian to sit down and talk to and cry with. Get some real mature words spoken into your heart and into your life. In a moment, don't put it up yet, Trinity, but in a moment I'm gonna put up a quote from Dr. Martin Luth, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones. I want to say this before I put it up because some of you are going to say, well, who's he? This guy was the personal doctor and physician of Queen Elizabeth and the royal family. They could have chosen any doctor in Britain, but they chose Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones. And he became uh, a pastor of probably the largest evangelical church in London at that point and resigned his doctorship with the royal family. 
But this guy is a highly qualified medical doctor. And this is what he said, uh, ready for it now, Trinity, in the book, The Life of Peace. There's perhaps no greater travesty of the gospel of Jesus Christ than psychological teaching which presents itself in Christian terms. I'm not against psychology and I'm not against medical doctors. But we have in here some really solid spiritual medicine. And we need to learn to choose to rejoice. And we need to learn to rejoice in the reality of who we are and what we have in Christ. And we need to learn to make our first response in the disappointing times of life to run to God's word and say, oh God, what do you want me to be doing here? The last six months have been tough on all of us, I suspect. And there have been times in these months when I've had this little gray cloud that wants to hang over my head in the morning. And every morning I've had to make a purposeful, purposeful decision <laughs> of whether I was going to let this gray cloud that wanted to hang out over my head and spirit control my mood of the day or if I was going to run to the word which says rejoice in the Lord always. Was I going to make the choice to rejoice? Dark or bright circumstances, difficult or easy circumstances, cloud nine or valley of turmoil circumstances, we need to make the choice to rejoice. Am I causing pain for any of you yet? I promise pain. I'm inviting you to take up a challenge here that can change your life. Making the choice to rejoice. C.W. Metcalf, who was a writer, was volunteering in a hospice. And when he was volunteering in the hospice, he met this 13-year-old boy named Chuck. Seemed like a really pleasant guy. And one day he went into his room and Chuck had six pieces of paper written on double-sided. And this writer, C.W. Metcalf, asked him, what are you doing? He said, well, I'm dying. And I've been busy here writing out all my happy memories that I had with my mom and dad every time we laughed together and I've been able to fill six pages on both sides. And I want somebody to give mom and dad these pieces of paper after I die. Here's a 13-year-old boy, 13-year-old boy, 
who's dying. And he's choosing to focus on the good things that have happened in his 13 years of life. And he wants to give to his dad and his mom something to celebrate with when he's gone. The choice to rejoice. And then we read, as we go through this verse, and again, I say, rejoice. Again, I will say, so he said it to us, rejoice in the Lord always. And then again, I will say, why do you think he did that? Because we want to run from this truth. We don't like this truth. We don't like it. So Paul says, in case you didn't hear it the first time I said it. Again, again, listen, again, again, I will say rejoice. Is life easy? Not if you're living for Jesus the way you should be. Matthew chapter 5, 11 says, Blessed are ye when man shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Sometimes you get reviled and sometimes you get persecuted and some people make up stories about you. But what's our response? Matthew 5, 11, verse 12. Let me look at a couple of versions here. Uh, click for me. Thank you, Trinity. Be happy about it. It's pretty clear. <laughs> Uh, contemporary English version. What's it say? Be happy and excited. Not just happy, but excited. Choose to rejoice in the circumstances, in the disappointments, in the darkness of life. Paul's describing his ministry in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And in verse 4, he says, uh, I, I want to commend myself as a servant of God. And then he goes on and says, the many ways you do it. And he says, there are times you're sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. Is life always wonderful? Mine certainly hasn't been. Life has dark and difficult times and periods and seasons. And all of us have been through them. But here Paul is asking us to stretch our muscles, our spiritual muscles, and say, when things get the toughest, I am going to make the choice to rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Dr. Gordon Havernan McGee uh, said, joy is the very source of power. 
in Christian living. This is a powerful truth. Nehemiah 8.10 says, The joy of the Lord is our strength. There's great joy that comes to us when we can learn to make the choice to rejoice. You see, <laughs> our life is not built upon happenings. Happiness is based on happenings. What's happening determines our happiness. Happiness determines is determined by happenings. Our life isn't, as Christians, based on that. Our joy <laughs> is rooted deeply in the truth and reality that we are in the Lord. And so, when our team's not winning, our team is still winning. We're in the Lord. We rejoice in the Lord. When circumstances are dark, we don't get all uh, wrapped up in the darkness of our circumstances, we run to him who is the light of the world. Our lives are rooted and grounded in him. So, challenge number one that if we can get it, if we can get it, it'll change our lives. Rejoice in the Lord when things are going really good. I could have preached a message like that, but I wouldn't be worthy of preaching the gospel. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. So the next time life phones and throws something really miserable at you, make the choice to Rejoice. So what are the next steps? Well, I'm going to propose three of them. First one. Why don't you make the decision even now to be determined when some of the disappointments of life hit you, even this week, that instead of zeroing in on your circumstances, you're going to zero in on Jesus and begin to rejoice in him. Why don't you begin to stretch that muscle this week? Take up the challenge of not determining your joy based on what's happening in your life, but determining your joy... <laughs> based on who Jesus is. 
second next step is uh, maybe you're here tonight and this all seemed uh, kind of strange to you and you don't really understand what it means to be in the Lord. When God looks down on the world, he, he sees people who have said yes to him and he's seen people who are either saying no or are still thinking about it. They've been saying no to him or maybe still thinking about it. I would invite you tonight to find the rootedness and the groundedness and the stability that comes from saying yes to him. Come into him, come into the Lord. We are so thankful that you've listened in to the Neighborhood Church Podcast. If you have questions or comments about what you've heard, we would love to hear from you. Go to the podcast description and follow the link to get in touch with us. Everything we do would not be possible without your generosity. If you would like to give, check out that same link in the podcast description. If you have enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends. Thank you again for listening. God bless you.